One day to call my mama to remind her we ain't broke. I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. It's a night I'm on the move with it. They all watching like what he do with it. Look at him go, look at him go. Welcome to the most lustiest sports podcast in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, KO, a.k.a. Howard J. Dingers, which is actually also my new PlayStation uh, uh, handle, I guess you call it. It's now Howard J. Dingers on PlayStation. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, got a free change on that. Used it wisely. And I am joined, as always, by Handsome McLean. What is up, man? You know whole lot of sports haven't been actually happening, but there's still stuff going on, believe it or not. Yeah, uh, especially in my world where I still watch wrestling. Oh, because... oh. <laughs> good God, dude. It's just a mess. Um, <laughs> I Apparently, there's a in Florida the the governor, mayor, whatever mayor of some. I don't know, but I think it's the governor has has said that fans are going to be allowed into stadiums very soon uh but they have to be like it can't be it can't be at capacity i believe it has to be 20 percent capacity people have to be 10 feet apart from each other in the stands um but yeah i guess fans are going to start coming back wait all right so fans have to be 10 feet apart in the stands yep and it's only 20 percent capacity Um, can you imagine what that's gonna look like (laughs) it's gonna look so weird but it's going to sound so much better than this fucking empty arena shit. <laughs> but that's going to be so weird, man. It's going to be. No, it is. And like I look at the Obviously, I look at this from two different standpoints. I look at this from from a fan. I'm looking at this like, OK, cool. The, these these shows have been missing the atmosphere of a crowd and, you know, fans and cheering and all that stuff. But when you look at it rationally and from an outsider's perspective. This is fucking stupid. It's way too early, and it's so risky and just idiotic to to, to start opening this kind of stuff up. Um, am I surprised that it's Florida to do this first? Not at all. No, no. I mean, there's a reason why <laughs> WWE picked Florida too. Like that that wasn't well, just yeah. like there wasn't. Oh, Florida's nice and pretty. No, there, there's reasons they're down there. <laughs> yeah, and and even AEW, and you know, we shit talk WWE all the time, but AEW is not you know, uh, innocent in all this. They've been running shows. I mean, oh, okay, actually, AW filmed for about two or three days. They filmed about two months worth of content up until, like, late May. But now, with this new Florida thing coming out, they're scrapping everything from this week on, and they're going live again starting this week. So I'm not really – I don't really like that. They already have stuff filmed. Why not just – go out with it but i guess they're also going every other week where they're going to do a live one and then film in a, the next week so i don't mind that either i don't know i just there's just a lot of it, it it's supposed to be escapism when i watch these shows and it's putting me in predicaments where i'm watching this and like questioning what they're doing you know what i mean exactly and i think we've learned after wrestlemania the pre-taped stuff can be really cool and we know this isn't going to last forever so maybe if AEW did end up staying that route, that would actually look good for them on a national stage, right? Because that would speaking 
speaking of this pre-taped stuff at WrestleMania, holy crap, I just remembered. I don't know if you've heard, but the next pay-per-view, and I believe it's a week from today, actually, so we'll probably talk about it. We'll do an early episode next week, and we'll talk about it. Um, Money in the Bank is next week. And I don't know if you are familiar with the concept of Money in the Bank. I am. I am. So you've seen a Money in the Bank ladder match, like how they get yes. the briefcase, right? Yes, I actually so just this... watched, um, rewatched one of the Randy Orton ones in the move he pulled this morning on um, on SportsCenter's Instagram. Perfect. So this year, <laughs> they decided to make the su- make the superstars, because that's what they like to call them, not wrestlers, can't say the word wrestlers. They are making the superstars climb the corporate ladder. <laughs> They're filming Money in the Bank in Titan Towers in Greenwich, Connecticut. <laughs> it's a smart move, man. It's a smart move. Start, dude, it's going to be amazing. They're going to start at the bottom of the building. There's literally, there's already been leaked pictures. There's a ring and the briefcase on the top of the building. <laughs> and they have to climb the actual building. Not, not in the outside, obviously. They're going to brawl through the inside, which could be absolutely phenomenal and they have to get to the topic of the briefcase i cannot wait for this that would be insane that's gonna be insane it's gonna be incredible the only shitty thing is that there's a men and women's match so that means there's gonna be two of these matches the second one is gonna fall so flat well who goes first i think think people are gonna be burned out exactly i i think people are gonna be burned out on it so hard after the first one i don't don't know they're gonna have to be super creative set it up to almost go at the same time you know, and people have been talking about that. I wouldn't mind that because there there could be some interweaving storylines. Like, I mean, Nia Jax, who's in the match, she has been last year in the twenty eight, no, in the twenty nineteen Royal Rumble. She entered the men's Rumble. Like, it, there's precedent to that. Like, there and Ronda Rousey has like, you know, she's obviously not in WWE right now, but like they've been flirting with the idea of intergender kind of things and not in honestly it wouldn't be like a one-on-one type of thing but there could be spots where Nia Jax takes out someone you know or uh, a guy accidentally takes out a girl or something like that because from these based on these pictures it looks like they might end up doing it at the same time because of the way they have well think about it think about it the way that they have it set up like in those pictures let me pull up these pictures from it's from solo wrestling on Twitter is what I'm looking at. Okay. Oh, you are totally right. I missed that the first time I looked at it. Yeah. So it looks like this might potentially run at the same time. <laughs> I forgot about the so, random fucking bushes they put no, on the outside. <laughs> from an outsider's perspective, oh, once again, God. after watching WrestleMania and that fight that went through the entirety of the training facility. And how awesome that was captured. I am very curious to see what this is going to look like. Yeah, I'm very excited for that. So we'll probably talk about that. We'll do an early episode later next week. Um, So later this week, I guess. But yeah, either way, we're going to talk about that later. I'm very, very, very excited for that. Anyway, how have you been doing, dude? You know what? surprisingly okay considering the circumstances and i think that's been like my motto this whole time i'm just i'm very thankful to be in the position that i'm in it could be a lot worse so um, my family's been healthy luckily and uh, i'm very thankful for that so we're just all trying to stay safe (laughs) hoping everybody else can too so yeah how are you doing Uh, yeah i'm you know it's been a roller coaster of a week um 
around this time last week, I was starting to feel pretty down. This All of this was starting to get to me. Just being at work, you know, four days a week, it's not bad. I'm not complaining about working right now, especially, you know, just with a lot of the situations people are in. But, like, just seeing so many people and seeing so many people who aren't taking this seriously just frustrates me every day. I was about to say, you um, probably so see the bulk down. of them. <laughs> Like, that's oh, probably yeah, your exactly. thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, it, it's just super frustrating, uh, especially, you know, by the end of the shift, I'm just pissed at the world. Um, but then, you know, like, AW and NXT were really good last week, for, for even for empty arena shows. Um, and then Thursday, we got the Parks and Rec special, which literally was just... so good. Oh, my God. It was everything I needed in that moment. Yep. Literally... Bobby Newport opened up the show with some super meta stuff. And then by the time the theme song was going, I was literally bouncing on my couch. Yep. Just like going to the song. I was so into it and it brought, it brought my spirits up so high. Like I was feeling really good. Unfortunately, I won't go into too many details, but my sister um, was involved in a ATV accident this weekend. She's okay. A lot of injuries. She's going to be okay. Nothing, nothing extremely serious. Um, but yeah, so that uh, has been rough to deal with. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. A couple of days. Well, yeah, you know, especially thoughts and because prayers I can't, out to her because, and yeah. I mean, that's awful. Yeah, so if everyone could keep my family in their thoughts, that'd be really, really good <laughs> because she's in the hospital for two weeks, which is not a good situation, right? Or not two weeks, sorry, two days. Um, but no one can go visit her. And obviously, I can't go home right now. So that also sucks. Yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, roller coaster of a week, but uh, uh, I'm saying you know I, I I've always been a positive guy, so I'm, yeah, I'm no, still exactly. sticking through. Um, school is going to be over soon, and <laughs> I'm very excited for that. Well, I'll tell you, <laughs> my school to- my school's not over soon, man. I got all summer. I'm I'm taking three of the four like times you can take classes online. I'm taking classes. It's the only way I can graduate in oh, December. Man, I- I was going to say I genuinely might have to because a couple of these classes for this semester have fallen through the cracks mm-hmm. through all of this. So I might also have to do that. <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I really don't have options right now. So I'm kind of – I'm <laughs> right at the end of the line. <sighs> I feel that, dude. Um, anyway. <laughs> I'm very t- oh, yeah. I end up moving this weekend too. Um, oh, into cool. my summer house. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Nice. So. I know I'm actually pretty excited because <laughs> I went and visited the house the other day and it looks awesome. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk. So we're going to talk a couple NFL things here. Uh, just a quick, you know, a couple news things that came out. Um, we're going to discuss the situations that they're in and then we're going to go into some NBA stuff, discuss the last dance, even though I haven't watched it yet. Um, <laughs> and um, there was something else in there too. And then NCAA, there's a couple things that we're going to discuss. So yeah, that's what we're going to go through today. Oh yeah. We're, we're starting with the Cowboys. Oh man. The Cowboys oh, are, my the, God. The, what, what are they doing to themselves? Are they self-destructing? I absolutely love this because yes, they are. <laughs> like first you hire Mike McCarthy. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's totally known for his, his, his running offense. That he's going to totally implement with a top five running back in the league. So that's going to go great. Cool. So then you've got this really great young quarterback. Great. He's your future. You really want to keep him. Jerry Jones is set on keeping him. Cool. Then we get news of this bullshit coming out of Andy Dalton 
getting signed to a one-year deal. Only three million of it is guaranteed. There's an extra four million in to make it seven if there's some other good stuff that happens for Dalton. But I'm sure that has to do with making a Pro Bowl team or a certain stat or playing a certain amount of games. Oh, yeah, there's incentives for sure. So I don't know if he's going to reach that with Dak playing in front of him because that's what I'm assuming is going to happen, right? But how long will Dak be in front of him? See, it would make That's sense. That's a big question. It would make sense if it was the other way around. If Andy Dalton was the quarterback that was there right now, since he's the older one, it would be more of, okay, when's Dak going to take Andy's spot? But that's not what's going on. So this just makes That could it, be. It's confusing. Well, uh, the, the way that I look at this is Jerry Jones has always been a win-now kind of guy. And the fact that he has not been able to win with four years of Dak, I think he's starting to get antsy. And he's like, okay, is this actually my guy of the future? And yes, Andy Dalton is a little bit older, but I still think he has some good years left in him. He's only, what is he, 32? Yeah. I think, yeah. And, I, you know, I think he's still got years. He's still got at least five years of football, you know, quality football left in him. I, you know, <laughs> I... To me, I've been high on Andy Dalton for a while. He I don't know why. He just hasn't had the spotlight so, he needs. He's been no, a and solid he, quarterback. And it's not like he's had, you know, a great team around him at all. He's never had a solid defense. He's really only had A.J. Green and a couple guys who break out once a year, you know. But other than that, he hasn't had really anyone around him. But he still puts up big yards. Like, twice in his career, he's gone 42 hundred yards and like I man (laughs) he to me Dalton fits this offense especially with Mike McCarthy as the new offensive well he's the coach and you know but he's an offensive minded guy obviously Kellen Moore's still there Kellen Moore and Andy Dalton faced off in a bowl by the way um that's a fun fact but I just feel like with the draft pick of CD Lamb you still have the offensive line and Zeke, but it's it, it, it does feel more like a they're focusing on the pass. It, it just because you get CeeDee Lamb and you already have Amari Cooper and you already have Michael Gallup, the tight end situation is still up in the air. But it, it seems to me like they want to pass the ball a little more, which is hilarious because you have Zeke on your team. But it just feels like Dalton might fit this team the way that they're building it. Well, I guess here's my question. What does the offensive line look like look like right now in Dallas? I because that's a great question. Because that that's what I'm that's all I can really go to at this point. Because if they're not feeling that that offensive line can at least be good enough for a solid rushing offense, there's a reason they're going this direction. Right? Oh yeah. I mean, if they felt comfortable with Zeke being their main guy for offensive production we wouldn't even be talking about Andy Dalton right now he wouldn't have even been signed by the Cowboys so there's obviously so they some... lost they lost um was it Travis Frederick at center but they just drive, uh, drafted Tyler B- 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 that guy from Wisconsin I can never yeah, say his yeah. name and <laughs> but, that, that, he's ready he's plug and play yeah oh absolutely um so and, and you still have you still have Zach Mar- Martin you still have Lyle Collins, uh, Tyron Smith you still uh, they still have 
what has been one of the better offensive lines so in the maybe, NFL for a while. Maybe now. they're just a pass better at pass protection than they are at run protection. Maybe they just can't open gaps like they can protect the pa- the passer. So maybe that's well, the thought you gotta, process. You do gotta think that that Tyler from Wisconsin there, he's a run guy. <laughs> I mean So he, is that your center and he pass, opens up the middle but, for you now? Like it could be. I don't know. Like it's it's so interesting to try to kind of look at this because what is the thought process of bringing Andy Dalton in, other than I we we might want to try him out. Like we like we actually think he could take the starting job from Dak because Dak. I don't think he even has an injury history. I I I, I can't remember any time that he's missed. Well, just from my perspective, it looks like there's pressure on Zeke here too. Like <laughs> there isn't, there's no reason that Andy Dalton should have had to have been brought in, but he's in there to put pressure on the two young guys that are supposed to be heading this offense. So maybe this is also a way for Mike McCarthy to show Dak and Zeke what an offense can look like in his system by using a quarterback of Andy Dalton's caliber for half the season. Yeah. And then we finally see that Dak is actually going to be Andy for that job. I just think it's so funny because I'm looking at Dalton has not missed the start, by the way. Um, yeah. He's played all 16 games, four years now. He, <laughs> I just look at this and this year, actually this past season, he had his best numbers as a quarterback. He had 30 touchdowns. He had 4,900 yards, his completion percentage, not the highest, but not his lowest either. He and he had a, a stats wise, he had a very good year, but it was their lowest record <laughs> in a season that Dak was their starting quarterback. I think that's very telling for a Cowboys team. They need to run the ball and bringing in Mike McCarthy was not the right call for that. Drafting CD lamb was not necessarily the right call for that. Yes. Offenses are going to have to look for that more, but obviously the Cowboys are a better team when they run the ball. And I've been saying this for years that Zeke is more important to that team than Dak is. Yeah. And I'm definitely starting to see that now. And you're make just the point you made right there made that very obvious. So yeah, there's, there's, and you bring in Mike McCarthy too. He's not a run first guy. Like that just tells you that he is passed Mm -hmm. first. So, he also got yeah. sacked the least amount of times this last year. <laughs> yeah, it's just crazy how it's. I think it's just hilarious how he succeeded last year, but the Cowboys didn't. Like that's just so telling to me. Yeah, I I really don't know this. I'm stunned by Dallas right now. I don't know. I feel like they're one of those teams that have a lot of valuable assets, but they don't have an actual team. They don't have a unit, right? So maybe. Yeah. So maybe. This summer, it might be a trade market thing, but like, not really because they'd end up losing Zeke. Well, no, they keep Zeke for another season, right? But they'd lose Dak if they didn't resign Dak, right? Because they didn't put the option on him. Correct. They did not pick up his fifth year option. Yeah, which was stupid. Um, it's so, dude. It's so telling. See, I, I yeah, I, it just feels all signs are leading to a new quarterback, whether it's Dalton. Or someone else, all signs are leading, in my mind, to a new quarterback in Dallas. 
See, I just feel like Andy Dalton shouldn't be on a team where their main color isn't orange because it just matched his hair so well. <laughs> that was just that didn't. Oh man, it was a, it was that was a match made in heaven. Um, but that I'm orange just, hair is going to look really good in the blue uniform, though. I think this was a great move by Dalton, though. Yeah, like, I really do think so. He 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 does get to kind of go and kind of collect himself for a season. If he even if he plays a game, a couple, even if he doesn't play some games. He still gets to kind of collect himself and work on his craft and practice, all that kind of stuff. While making three squad. million dollars. <laughs> and he doesn't have to move. He just gets to sell his house in Cincinnati and go back to his house that's already in in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> because he's from Texas. He gets to be closer to his family. Yeah. This is this is I mean, kudos to Andy Dalton. Well, also <laughs> think about it this way. What direction did the Cowboys go in the draft? They got CD Lamb. So, let, let's say Dak isn't good to go. Hey, Andy, Gal- Andy Dalton's got a really fast, really strong-handed catcher. So, that target's going to yeah. be really great and for he's him. Already, and he's already got Cooper and Gallup there, too. Yeah. The yeah. tight end situation, like I mentioned, is a little iffy, but they got options. Yeah, they got, they got three very solid options. I mean, they've got two rookies that are plug-and-play this year. That's pretty. That was very smart drafting, especially in the position that they're in right now. Yeah. So I think Dallas is going to be a very interesting watch this year. Um, yeah. They're definitely going to be. I feel like they have the potential to be a playoff bubble team, but because of the team's inner turmoil, yeah. they're just not going to be able to get there. They're going to be that five hundred team. I. You know what? I'm going to make a. I'm going to make a call. Because what is Zeke? What is Zeke's contract right now? He, he they just resigned him, right? Yeah, they re-upped on him. I am predicting that Zeke is going to voice some very strong concerns about his role in the team, and he may ask to leave. Here, okay. that's my prediction for this. Here's season. what I'm going to say for that: as soon as he does that, that tanks his value. Because Ezekiel Elliott, as talented as he is, he is, I would consider him a top five running back. Especially placed in the right team, in the right system, Yeah, most definitely is a top five running back. He's got some issues off the field. He's got a bit of a, he's got, he's had some issues off the field. As soon as he goes to the front office and asks for a trade, not only does that lower his trade value because then the pub unless he doesn't go public with it, which he if for respect for the team wouldn't, but his trade value is already lower because of that stuff. So that that's all I'm gonna say about that. So that would be the only concern I'd have with that going forward. That just really well, hurt also, the Cowboys. And it, it, we've seen too with teams paying running backs, it has not worked very well recently um i mean the cowboys last year paid zeke and then they had one of their worst seasons with those two on the team and then you know todd Gurley, obviously he had to move on from la after they paid him big money um running backs just have a weird shelf life right now and so i don't know and you know you can blame that on the college system too because these guys aren't coming into the league until they're in their early 20s and that's halfway through their prime so true with the way football is played so four years of prime football is not going to be enough for these guys to get that second contract big money Zeke is very lucky because he's got at least he's guaranteed to have 50 in the bank so uh 
to wrap this up, I do think we're going to see Andy Dalton on the field for the Cowboys at least once this year. I think Starting? It will um, you think he's going to start once? No. Because I know we're going to see him Maybe. on the field. It's just a matter of I think of we'll when. see him. I think Dak will have, you know, a three-interception game where they start to lose 21 nothing or something. Or they're down three scores, four scores, and then that's when you see Dalton to come in. He could start the next game after that if he comes in and balls out, you know? It, yeah. It, it all depends. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how Mike McCarthy can handle all of that because that, that could potentially be a lot of drama. And we already know that he's very magnetic towards that. He's very good at drawing that out of a locker room. <laughs> so we'll see how uh, how Jerry Jones, a very, also another very dramatic man, can handle what turmoil and craziness is about to start happening in Dallas. Can't wait to watch that all unfold. All right, moving to Chicago, where the Bears earlier this offseason could not wait. Were too impatient to pick up a backup quarterback. They could have waited for Cam Newton. They could have waited for Andy Dalton. But instead, they traded a fourth-round pick for Nick Foles from the Jaguars. And then, interestingly enough, earlier this week, the Bears did not pick up the fifth-year option on Mitchell Trubisky. Hanson, what does this mean for okay, the future well, let of me, Money Mitch? Let, let me tell you this. I was surprised that they did it because of how many asinine moves that the Chicago Bears have made with Mitchell Trubisky thus far. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I. <sighs> how many opportunities <laughs> is the city of Chicago going to give this man? I'll tell you. Let me explain. They've given him one. That doesn't mean the coaching staff hasn't given them him 20 because he they have, right? His leash oh, yeah. infinite. This after after getting Nick Foles, trading a fourth round pick for Nick Foles, this is the mm. second thing that Chicago that the Bears have shown. Mitch Trubisky, hey, you need to get your shit together. That's where they're at right now. So, yeah. okay, I'm praying. I'm praying. Somehow, some way, the Bears end up choosing Mitch Trubisky over Nick Foles. Because you know what? <laughs> Knowing the Bears, I'm sorry, Anne-Marie. I got to say it. That, that's just what the Bears do. They're stupid. Like, they just, they've been oh, making yeah. dumb moves over the last decade. Like, how many times did they re-sign Jay Cutler? For how much money, Right. <laughs> That was a great oh, Lovey Smith. He he was fine, right? I don't know what they were doing to him, but now he's down at Illinois and he's making a not so good program into a fantastic program, right? So I don't know what's yep. going on in the bear system over at Soldier, but someone's gotta fix that. And uh I, I really don't think Nick Foles is the answer, and somehow I still feel like Trubisky's gonna be on the field a lot next season. It's a mess, man. Like what if they didn't give him his fifth year because they're gonna give him they're gonna sign him? <laughs> like seriously, like what if that's what it is? What if they plan on giving I him like an, another hope. eight year like Zeke style extension, fifty million guaranteed, one hundred and three in it with incentive? I hope, dude. Uh, I really hope. I hope. Would it surprise you? I don't know if they even have that kind. I don't even know if they have that kind of money with all the money they have wrapped up on the defensive side of the ball yeah. and with, you know, Allen Robinson and all that. But yeah. I <laughs> listen, 
I think I I think I know that I, I think I know the problem. It's I think it's Ryan Pace. Ryan Pace uh, is the one who decided that he wanted to trade up. He had to trade up to go get Mitchell Trubisky, even though no one was going to take him that high. And they definitely could have just waited. They did not have to trade up to the second pick. Uh, but they did. They went and got Mitch instead of Deshaun Watson, instead of Mahomes. No one knew Mahomes, but still, Watson was on the board. I just... <laughs> this is so... I, I just... Listen, and I even think... I think Nick Foles is just a better fit for this team. I think Nick Foles is a better overall quarterback. I, was he's say, I just better... think he's a better quarterback, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, just le- even looking past that, he's got a better deep arm. He, and he makes better decisions as a quarterback. He's got more experience, obviously. I think he's just an overall better fit. <laughs> I... <laughs> and, Mitch, here's the thing, too. Nick Foles strives on taking opportunities with injury. Yeah, um, we've Mitchell seen Trubisky it. has not played 16 games as a quarterback yet. No, he's a broken man. <laughs> and he's very young. I oh man, this is just it. It's so it's so Chicago. Well, it, it here's really the other is. thing too. Mitch Trubisky, like he looks like he could literally be the face of Chicago. Like he just he fits. Like he looks like he's from Chicago. So like it just it all makes too much sense. Like. Trubisky's going to stay healthy for 16 games. He's going to be the starting quarterback week one. If, if week one happens when it should. So like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I I'm sensing some Chicago stuff happening. It's a Bruin. You know, I, the, the, what was it? The goat from the Cubs is like, come, they, they threw it over to the bears after the Cubs won the world series. The bears got to wait a hundred years to win a super bowl. <laughs> That's sure what it looks like. So yeah, I feel really bad right now for Bears uh, yeah. fans. There's there's space in Green Bay. You can still buy more ownership slips. Those are a thing. You can buy more stock in the team. Oh my god, on the play we so me and a bunch of guys have been playing PlayStation every night. Party chat and Connor is one of them. Uh former former co-host on the show here. Uh went to Whitewater. But he's a big Bears fan. He's been a huge proponent of Mitch Trubisky for a while, obviously, as he kinda has to be. He's Kind of giving up on that now, <laughs> but last night we—I don't know—we were just talking crap, and someone's—I think it was Connor—mentioned something about Mitch. Mitch is trying to after they declined his option, he's calling up, calling up the government, trying to get that stimulus bill. And I said, "Well, he won't be able to get it because the Packers have been claiming him for years." Oh, he yeah, uh, yeah. We're so dependent on his failure, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh trubisky's just another one in a line of some fantastic bears quarterbacks that are just setting records for green bay they really deserve their own spot in title town and honestly how hilarious would it be if in lambeau field they had like a little small corner of the memorabilia section to all the shitty bears quarterbacks that came through in the 2000s and just handed green bay wins <laughs> So like an yeah. ode to Jay Cutler, you know, or so a poem for Mitchell Trubisky. So I, I definitely think that's something that the Packers should look into because we really need to thank these men for giving us so many one games <clears throat> over the last decade and change. <laughs> and I mean, one last thing is like, you know, we talk about Nick Foles. He's, we do believe that he has a better quarterback. He's probably a better option for this team, but looking at these stats, 
those don't really show because over the last three seasons, even if you go back to his last year with Kansas City, he I <laughs> he doesn't he's only played twenty games in in four seasons, and he's won a couple of them like he doesn't have amazing stats. His most amount of touchdowns was 2013 with the Eagles when he had 27 touchdowns. He has not played anywhere near a full season. The most he's played is 13 games. He doesn't have a, you know, a franchise starting quarterback resume necessarily. So I, it's just the point I'm getting at is the bears are trying to replace their guy. They thought that was the guy with a guy who, theoretically could be a guy but has not not been a guy and two teams have technically given him a chance yeah Yeah. um in eight years the way i kind of look at the whole nick full situation is kind of like what happened to matt ryan with the packers when aaron Rodgers went down matt ryan came up as soon as matt ryan finished out that season where did matt ryan go he went to Seattle. How much money did Seattle pay him? Matt Flynn. Or Matt, excuse Matt me, Matt Flynn. Flynn, Matt Flynn, not Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is down in Atlanta. Um, Matt Flynn, excuse <laughs> me. Matt Flynn. How much money did they yep. pay Matt Flynn? It was a gross amount of money because teams are trying to actually get him. I want to say it was it was it was like three years, like 30 million, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and at the time that was stupid. Like, especially for him. Yeah, it was big money. Um it was coming off his record setting game against the Lions in week 17. Yeah. So Although he shined great in the light, in the limelight, he could not do anything out in Seattle. Luckily, they, they got very lucky well, with Russell Wilson. Well, he did some stuff, but they got Russell Wilson, who was leaps and bounds better. So Did he even do anything? I, I feel like Russ just took over right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. He, he got – well, yeah, Russ was a rookie when he was there, wasn't he? So Yeah, they drafted him the same year yeah, that the they same, signed yeah, that Yeah, so – and – yeah, I mean, at least he got his money, right? So, good for him. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I just, I kind of, oh. that's how, that's what it looks like right now in a way, because it's just, he's a glorified backup that's had an opportunity, but when he gets the opportunity, he doesn't make the most of it at the beginning of the next season when he, a new team gives him a chance. So, well, he was also, he was plagued with his own, uh, with his own rewards this year when he got injured. So yeah. Yes. Also unfortunate, but that, yeah. but that bread of franchise quarterback for Jacksonville. And I'm so happy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, from one quarterback controversy to another, we go to the new Las Vegas Raiders where Derek Carr has been there for quite a, since 2014. Um, but this year they decided to bring in Marcus Mariota. Uh, Hanson, what do you read out of this? Well, there are two different types of quarterbacks, in my opinion, at least. I feel like Marcus Mariota can use his legs significantly better. I think there's also the, the bit of an age gap can kind of give that into Mariota in his favor. But I think, once again, this is kind of like what the Cowboys are doing. They're just causing turmoil at this point. I feel like there's <laughs> there's a bit more of a reason to have Mariota on that roster because maybe Derek Carr isn't who they want to go with in the future into a new stadium into a new I mean we don't know what the Raiders are going to try to look like but they're in Vegas I'm assuming they're trying to be a badass Raiders team and I feel like having a not necessarily run heavy but an athletic more of a a ground and pound type of deal with Marcus Mariota I understand he's a quarterback but the grit and grind type of mentality like 
taking it yourself, I feel like might kind of be their more image the way they're going. But I mean, I'm just confused. So I, I guess, what way do you do you see them going more with like the grit and grind type type of game, or do you see them going like old school throw the ball with Derek Carr? Well, it's it's interesting because. You know, they have two great tight ends now in Darren Waller and Jason Witten. I don't know how much Witten has left in the tank, but they have them. They have Josh Jacobs, who I think will be eventually a top five running back. He has that potential. He has that talent. Um, so that was a great pick by them last year. I I don't know because Mariota, he's younger and he he does have that he does have that explosiveness out of him where, you know, it's, it's, it's like a Lamar or Kyler. It's definitely not to that level, but he does have that play style. Like he, he was the one, he was the first one kind of, you know, over in Oregon who he, he kind of exploded and he, that's who everyone thought he was going to be coming into the league. And it just never worked in Tennessee going over to Oakland. I don't, I just don't know because the way they drafted this year too, and the way their roster looks, they still have uh, Zay Jones, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, but they also drafted Henry Ruggs. He was the first wide receiver taken. And they also later in the draft uh, drafted Brian Edwards. They have just fantastic talent at the wide receivers at the wide receiver position. So like you would want, I think Derek Carr is a better fit just because they have so many weapons to get the ball out. And like Josh Jones is going to have even more space to run because of Henry Ruggs, Henry Ruggs, like he's going to need deep balls and can Mariota throw those balls. I just don't know. I it's, it feels to me like they're building two different teams and they don't know which way they're going yet. I think that's going to be their detriment. Um, My feeling with market, I think Marcus Mariota would actually be a better fit right now, especially if you want to talk about having strong tight ends that can block and catch. I, I think that's something that's really important to look at. This could also be another situation where you run something like a wildcat. I mean, it's possible with the way that Marcus Mariota can use his feet. I don't know if this is the way they would actually go. Um, but, I mean, how much does Derek Carleft have on his contract? Um, see if I can find that because I've he, yeah. So, um, the Raiders that he had a five year deal, um, through 2022 for $125 million. So, he's one of those guys that's kind of like Rogers, where he's in a position which I, I think we might have to talk about that too. Um, what what Favre has been saying about Aaron. Um, but I, I feel like Derek Carr is one of those guys that's really untradeable because of the tax system that the NFL has in place. Because when you trade money, that money explodes. So it ends oh, up yeah. hurting your salary cap significantly. So like the, what we're talking about right now with the Packers, and if they really do want to trade Rodgers at some point, they obviously it's impossible to do it this year. It's next to impossible to do it next year. And even the year after, it'd be difficult. So it's just that's what sucks about the way the NFL works when it comes to this stuff. Marcus Mariota might be the better option long-term, but when you're paying a guy this much money, how do you not play him? Well, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he's still a good quarterback, too. That's the thing. Yeah. You're talking about a scheme fit at this point. And I don't know if Mariota is better than Carr in general, but maybe Mariota fits 
this scheme better. So, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we might see the most expensive buyout in NFL history. <laughs> it, it's it's hard to tell where Vegas is going with this. It really is. I, I, Which this is not a spot the they want to be in. You do not want to have an identity crisis when you're moving into a new city. That's the last thing that you want. Okay, yeah. Especially, I mean, like you, you want to go with the yeah. younger quarterback theoretically, because that's how you're going to start your career in this new, this new city. But that, I don't know if they can afford to do that right now. Like literally afford it. Yeah. Are they going to go win now, win right away in the new stadium, in the new city, or are they going to, are they going to build towards the future with Mariota? I, it's an interesting one. And for with sure. the, the way the roster looks, that doesn't even give you any real clues. That's the worst part. Cause exactly. they could be going both ways. And that's, that's I, what I'm saying. I, I know. They're building I know. Two different teams. Uh, man, it's, they're having an identity crisis. It's like this midlife crisis because they're like shifting into this new thing. And, oh man, I, I feel bad for Raiders fans. Not only they're going to have to drive from Oakland to Vegas now, but they got this quarterback <laughs> issue. That sucks. Almost as bad as being a Bears fan. Well, from a team who doesn't know who they are to a team who's always known who they are, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they know who they are. They're defense or die, for sure. But they're they're trying to figure out the running back situation. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Leonard Fournette went public and said, Hey, you know, why 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 not why not bring in Cam Newton to Jacksonville. Why not bring some competition in? Maybe tutor the young Gardner Minshew. There's some there's some positivity there. Why not do that team? And then the team said, you know what, NFL, uh, everyone else, 31 teams here. We're I think we might trade Leonard Fournette. <laughs> and then this past week, they also did not pick up his fifth year option. I don't get this now. I, I, I can understand the backstage politics behind this. I can see why they might not be too thrilled with him saying that they, that he wants a new quarterback. I don't think he meant it like that. I think he meant it. Like he said, like, why not bring this guy into, you know, I think he still likes Gardner. Everyone still likes Gardner. Like I think Gardner is the future of Jacksonville, whether he's a standout guy or not. I think he is the guy for a few years. I just, I don't get this because Gar- Leonard Fournette has had really, really good stats besides the one season that he only played half the games. Like he hasn't played 16 games, so he is injury riddled. But even then, two seasons, he played 15 and 13 games and he reached a thousand yards both of those seasons. Yeah, three touchdowns. I just, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, no, he I definitely just, gets yardage though. Yeah. Well, they were also throwing near the goal line a lot yeah, last year yeah. too. Um, I just i I don't understand. Again, I get the backstage politics behind this, but like, it just doesn't make sense. I, not and not many teams are going to want him too. I don't think he's going to be that big of a trade target. They're not going to get much for him. Like, I think like, he'd be more of a trade target if he had that fifth year, just so you could keep possibly him. because he's going to cost money as soon as he goes on the market. He's a good running back. <laughs> He's got four point one six million this year, and then it, you know, obviously the club option next year. But it, they already declined that. So yeah, like, he, yeah, he still has I, his rookie deal. 
Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This is only his fourth year in the league. I, man, I, it's really, I, I don't know, because the running back market is very saturated right now. Like, even a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who we think can be a starting running back with the load, got drafted to a team that already still has a running back. Yes, he's on his last year of his deal, Marlon Mack, but still, like, they're still going to be running a two-back system. Like a lot of these teams are because there's so many talented running backs out there. I just don't know if anyone's going to give up a lot to get a guy like Leonard Fournette who does have injury history. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from at least from a front office perspective, maybe what he said about possibly bringing in Cam Newton isn't didn't have any malicious intent to his team, but that doesn't mean that another team in a front office might be thinking, yeah, we really don't want him coming in and causing a stir saying stuff like that. That's going to look bad for our franchise. So that might've hurt him in in the open market. Even what makes me mad about that is that happened like two weeks ago. And then like literally the next day they said he was on the trade block. But then earlier this week, Doug Barone came out and said, yeah, Gardner's our guy, but we are thinking about bringing in a veteran quarterback. That's literally what Fournette basically said. He just singled out a guy that he wanted to bring in. And Cam Newton qualifies as that vet. Like, 100%. He qualifies as that vet. And honestly, he fits Gardner Minshew. Like, he would be a really good guy to mentor Gardner Minshew, even if it was just for a season. Now, would Cam be willing to do that? You know, I think that's the million-dollar question. Because that's what we're asking about Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Is Aaron Rodgers going to want to mentor Jordan Love for three seasons? I don't see why not. I really don't. That's what I thought, because too. Aaron, it makes sense Aaron, to me. No, exactly. Because And Aaron said it literally, I think, a week before draft day. There's a, There was a quote going around when we drafted Love where, like, Aaron said, yeah, we can draft a guy. I know they're not going to take my spot. <laughs> There's no one out there that's ready to, to take my – even if the Packers traded up and got Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is not taking Aaron Rodgers' spot. No, at least for two seasons. Yeah. like <laughs> there's just no way. It's just not happening. So Aaron, you know, there's no reason to. And again, we don't know Aaron's mindset. He hasn't really gone public. He had that one Instagram post where he had the hashtag relax, which made me feel better. Um, but it, you got to think that he is. You know, no one's going to take my spot. I'm still going to be playing for my three seasons, if not longer. You know, and then. And then this guy can take over. So I might as well help my team that I've played for my entire career who have been decently, de- they treated him decent. Um, you know, and he, maybe he wants to help build the future. Uh, there's a lot that can go into it. Here's what I'm thinking. And it's thinking. the same. And it's the same for Jacksonville. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Aaron Rodgers only has three more years left. I'm thinking he could play more. I'm thinking he could play more. I want Brett Favre to go shut the hell up. First off, let me start with that. Brett Favre needs to go away because I, I'm actually, I wasn't a big fan of Brett Favre after he left Green Bay to go to the Jets, but then I really was not a fan of Brett Favre when he went to go play Minnesota. That, that, really, that, really rubbed me, that rubbed me the wrong way. Now, this is making it worse. He needs to shut his mouth because – Whatever is going on, you're telling me that Matt LaFleur and everybody up in the front office hasn't been talking to Aaron Rodgers about their future moves? 
you're telling me that they went and they traded up for a quarterback in the first round without talking to Aaron Rodgers? Really? You don't think they brought yeah. this up to him? You don't think he's aware of what's going on? There is a plan here, people. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, of course. And and this stems from the the reports and what is most likely reality of Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy not having a good um, relationship. And then you bring in LaFleur and everyone's picking apart every frame of every preseason game where they're even looking at each other and like, Ooh, do they have a good reaction? Aaron looked at him the wrong way. They've come out and said multiple times that they have a good relationship. I can't imagine if LaFleur was in on that talk and even Goody, like Goody's obviously he's been a great guy. I'm sure he's in on Aaron. You know, I'm sure they're close. I just, I agree with you. I don't see a world where they were like, all right, we're going to take this quarterback. We'll see how Aaron deals with it afterwards. Because, <laughs> like, well, I don't see a world where that happens. From my perspective, so I I like to think I have a unique perspective coming from the family that I do with my dad playing professional basketball. I've seen guys True. go through their careers in sports, in multiple sports that are close family friends. And watching a guy like Aaron Rodgers that has had so many substantial injuries specifically head injuries. And if we're talking about CTE being as prevalent as it is, Aaron Rodgers is on that top 10% of guys currently in the NFL, most likely to possibly end up like that, right? Because of how many head injuries he's had and sustained head injuries over the course of his football career. It would be smart for him to be done in three seasons. Take his money. He got it. Good. He'll be good for the rest of his career or the rest of his life, excuse me. His career yeah. is over. He doesn't need to go get hurt anymore. He owns a stake in the Bucks. Why would he go play somewhere else? People don't exactly. bring that up enough. Like, he is literally invested in the state of Wisconsin. He's yeah. not going he's anywhere. Here. He's not going anywhere. He's, I mean, he's friends with a lot of guys on the Brewers. He's been friends with Braun for a while. He's, I'm sure he's close with Yelich now. Like, and like you said, he's an owner of the Bucks. He has a specific seat courtside <laughs> that he sits every time he goes to a game he's not going anywhere he really isn't yeah it just it every time i see that or i'll see a, like a clip on youtube where i'll pull up espn in its first take and it's max kellerman and Stephen a talking about oh brett Favre said that aaron Rodgers isn't gonna finish his career well i agree and i'm like well you don't know what you're talking about because you're not in the state of wisconsin you don't understand what this man actually means to the state of wisconsin we're such a small state in comparison, such a small franchise. We're so closely knit. You just don't leave that like Brett Favre did. We knew that was going to happen. We knew it. And dude, I, <laughs> I just, <laughs> it, the, I mean that that Photoshop of Aaron in the Patriots jersey with Belichick behind it. it well, just, it's going to be Trevor it, Lawrence. We all know that. Yes, it's it, going to be Lawrence. It's going to be I'm like already... when the NBA rigged the draft for Patrick Ewing to go to the Knicks. We know that Trevor Lawrence is going to be in a Patriots uniform next year. It yeah, is inevitable. Why do you think they're sticking with Stidham? Exactly. <laughs> Wait, who? I, listen. <laughs> Jared Stidham. I, I, I know. Who? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, I just – a lot of people, I think, are looking at this like it's the Brett Favre situation where Aaron is going to go leave and play somewhere else. I don't think Aaron has, because Brett played for three seasons and then went and played for three seasons on two, on other teams. I think maybe four seasons. Did he play three with the, I don't remember how I many think played, it was, he played I th- with it. Might've been only two. 
I think it was one with the Jets and then one with the the Vikings. It might have been two with the Vikings. It was at least two with the Vikings because he almost made the Super Bowl, then and it, then he had that really shitty year where he had a couple bad injuries. Yeah, I think then he retired after that. Finally, I think it was only three. It was years. either two or three. I know it was two for sure. Yeah, but it, either way, like he played six years at least after Aaron was drafted. I don't think Aaron has six years. And if he does, I think he plays with the Packers. I don't. I I really don't see him going anywhere else. Um, the other thing too is, like I said before, with Aaron in the state of Wisconsin, like with the way he's invested, just throw out the the Wisconsin part. He's already invested money in something that's a long term thing. He's looking for his future. So that what that tells me is he would be the type of guy to end his career maybe three, four seasons early where he's not like Tom Brady playing into his forties, because that's just, that's not smart to do. If you want to live a healthy long life. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tom Brady has had the amazing, amazing fortune of playing behind one of the best offensive lines the game has ever seen. So that's why he's able to do what he's done. That's why it'll be really interesting to see what he can do in Tampa. But with Aaron Rodgers, he has not been so lucky. He's broken his collarbones He's gotten three, four major concussions. It just doesn't make sense for me. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'd already be retired. Even with a hard competitive drive, I don't know how that man keeps playing. He wants to win, and he feels like he has a winning team around him. And he feels like he can still play, which he definitely can. Yeah. Did he throw, like, two interceptions last year? Yeah. And he went 13-3? and It's kind of like watching... It's like when you play your dad in one-on-one and he's just doing all the cool, crazy trick shots. Like, yeah, Yeah. you you might give him an elbow or two and he'll feel it, but he's still going to kick your ass. Like, that's kind of what it's like to have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback. People are talking about the Packers like they went 4-12 and last year. We made the playoffs. We were a game away from the Super Bowl. Yes, we got our ass kicked in that game. So? Still, we went 14-4 and last year. We were better. We were the fourth best team in football last year. Yes. Like that at least, you know, theoretically we could even be the third if you wanted to argue it, but we were technically the third because we had the 30th pick in the draft. Exactly. So we're the third best team in football last year. Why the flying fuck would we get rid of our quarterback? That makes no sense. So I think this just goes back in the sports media and not understanding the state of Wisconsin, the way we run our sports teams. Like Giannis, he's not going anywhere. Like what? I don't understand what these news outlets don't get about it. We understand. I understand that you want our big guys to go other places. Yelich isn't leaving Milwaukee. Like you can try all you want. (laughs) I think people also, I mean, people want obviously like places like ESPN they want Yelich to go to LA. They want Giannis to go to the Lakers. But people forget the report that came out during, I think it was at the beginning of the NBA season, where like, oh, the Bucs are talking about giving Giannis a max extent, you know, a max contract. Oh, yeah, they did it a on super purpose. Max, I think. Yeah, and they yeah, got they fined did. for it too. They and got fined, but like, they did it and on then purpose. people just, people forgot about it. Yeah. Well, no, they didn't forget. ESPN intentionally manufactured. <laughs> Or at least that's the way it looks, right, from our perspective. Because I I should be careful saying that. They might be a future employer. So, (laughs) I mean, it's not negative against them really either. That's just smart marketing. 
because I mean, what, it's what the, they're it's, attempting it's to do is to, yeah, they're trying sports media in general is just trying yeah. to get these big stars into big markets because that's where the money is. That's why all this talk about Chris Paul going to the Knicks. That's why this is <laughs> happening. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, we already kind of bled into the NBA, so let's move on anyway. Uh, what do you want to talk about first? Well, I mean, just really quick about the last dance last week. Um, we learned a lot about Dennis Rodman, which I thought was really cool. Uh, very informative. Um, with that being said, I do not think that teams should ever treat their players the way they treated Dennis Rodman, or at least the way the amount of leeway they gave him. I don't know if you're familiar with the story of the Dennis Rodman trip to Vegas midseason. Um, <laughs> he was supposed to be gone for 48 hours. He ended up being gone for much more. Um, long story short, he's in a hotel room in Vegas with a very attractive woman who they interviewed in the documentary. Uh, she was um, in the nude and still somewhat inebriated from the night before and heard a knock on the door. She proceeds to walk to the door forgetting that she is uh, currently undressed and sees Michael Jordan at the door looking for a guy by the name of Dennis Rodman. Uh, and they've got a game that night. So Michael Jordan flew out to Vegas with Phil Jackson, picked up Dennis Rodman mm-hmm. and brought him back to practice in the middle of the mm-hmm. season. And as soon as Dennis Rodman came back, they started winning games. Well, not right away. They there was a right. bit, but that that's really what Dennis needed because before Dennis left, they were losing. He had no motivation. Right. So Phil Jackson, we learned even more about Phil Jackson last week with the way that he just he gives players time to do their thing and be their own person, which then allows them to be a better part of the team because the more diverse your team is, the more successful you're going to be your team is going to be if it's a cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. So that's the way he lived, and that's definitely shown through the documentary. So I thought they did a very good job on that. Um, we also learned a lot about Isaiah Thomas last week, um, about be- not being a part of the Dream Team, potentially because of him being a part of those bad boy Pistons, hmm. even though Dennis Rodman was so openly accepted by the Bulls when he joined, being a part of those bad boy Pistons previously uh, doesn't mean that Isaiah Thomas – was going to have the the same welcoming to the possible Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen-led dream team that was going to go to the Olympics. So uh, we learned a lot last week. It was very interesting, and uh, I really hope that it just it keeps being this good because from what I understand, it was not supposed to be released this early. They were holding it, and it definitely was not supposed to be released in double episodes every week. So the way they're doing this, I'm very happy they're doing it because it's a lot easier to digest the information because it overlaps so much. So, hmm. um, yeah, so 7 and 8 are coming out next week. I am very excited. Um, or this weekend on Sunday. So we're just going to have to watch and wait and see. So, yeah, there's your last I'm, dance update. <laughs> I, I'm excited. I have Unfortunately, I haven't watched them yet just because I've been st- – I've been distracted and I forgot about it first week. So then I tried to catch up and then I just didn't catch up because I was busy that week, blah, blah, blah. I'm so, But I do have them recorded. I have them on my DVR. So I, I, I am going to watch them. What I wanted to mention was the viewership is actually very interesting. It's the most viewed documentary uh, in ESPN's history. 
the first week they averaged 6.1 million viewers. And then this past week, I, it did not uh, drop very much. I think it averaged yeah 5.9 million, um, which is interesting because the first episode last week was six or the first week, I guess 6.3 million. And then the second episode dropped to 5.7. And then episode three was 6.1. It dropped to 5.6 for episode four. So there is that drop where like people drop that or watch that first one. It's because it gets a little I, late. I think, especially in the West coast. I guess. Yeah. Or no, is on it, the West coast, it, is it be, nine and 10? On, I, I think, I think they push it'd be them nine back. and 10 on the East. Yeah. I think they push them back on the West coast to be later. Yeah. Cause I mean, it does, and it does. It gets eleven o'clock by the time it ends on the East Coast too, so on a Sunday night. Yeah, and that's a work night. Um, but I actually, after watching the first one the week before, uh, after watching episode one, uh, the first weekend, I actually fell asleep after episode one and then watched the recording of episode two. So maybe that might and be you know part what? of it. Yeah, people, I I'd be interested to look at the the DVR numbers, the next day numbers, because that's probably pretty big. Maybe people are doing it one episode at a time. Yeah. So yeah, I hope to catch up. Um, as I do, I will update on people, you know, on how much I enjoyed or whatever. Because I don't know too much about, you know, I know Jordan and I know they won. Like I don't know too much about this kind of stuff, so I'm very excited to watch this. Yeah. Um. The- it's also it's it, it's very. Because my dad was talking to me about this, who's been a basketball player all his life. Um, he and he grew up through this, obviously. It was really fun to hear him talk about reliving this because he knows he knows details about this kind of stuff that 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 isn't even mentioned. He's like, oh, yeah, they mentioned this and this happened off of that. And he it's really cool to hear him talk about it. He's been he's been really into it. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> Um, that, yeah. Yeah. So, well, so my dad came in the league in 95. That was his rookie year. He graduated from Marquette in 94. So the 94, 95 season was his rookie year. And he had, he was in the Eastern conference. He played against Michael Jordan mm-hmm. and he played against that 95, 96 bulls team. So <laughs> I, I, that was his second season. That was actually his performance against Michael Jordan in the 95, 96 seasons. The, the reason why he got his deal in Seattle. Um, mm-hmm. so with that being said, I totally, what you're saying about pe- dad reliving it. I've talked to my dad about this and he goes, yeah, no, that happened. Well, yeah, that basically is what it is. Yeah, no, Dennis is really like that. <laughs> and, um, because when you're an NBA player, you know, all the guys, you know who they are. Just like you remember right. going mm-hmm. back, like, did you play any varsity sports in high school for a couple seasons where you saw some guys like yeah. some recurring faces? You knew who the team oh, was. Oh, absolutely. You know who the guys mm-hmm. were. Even the young guys, you figured them out really quickly. So, and that's how it was in the NBA, especially with these guys seeing each other for 10 years straight and guys getting interchanged in and out and everyone knows everyone. And so it's really interesting to hear what these guys were actually like from somebody's own mouth where you can ask them questions and they can answer it. And I mean, that's really what the documentary is doing anyway. How much are we learning about Michael Jordan right now? Like we knew he had killer instinct. Holy crap! This man is different species. Like, it didn't. He was winning. That was it. So there, there was no ifs, ands, or buts um, about that. So yeah, this documentary series just in, has really added a lot to American culture right now, in a positive way, which mm-hmm. um, really only like Tiger King else has. And I don't even know how how positive Tiger King has been on on our population right now. 
Well, I think it was a positive. I don't think it was supposed to be. <laughs> no, no, no. But it definitely had a positive outcome in, in a yes. sense. Um, all right, let's move on to the season delay. Yeah. Uh, so at least as of right now, it's looking like they're going to delay the M- the start of the next NBA season to December just so they can try to finish this season. I wonder if the next season they almost treat it like a lockout season where they'd play like 52 games or like 48 games, something like that. And then they there's the asterisk next to it, and it just looks like a lockout season. Could, um, yeah. But it's looking like this season – is actually going to be carried – could potentially – this is a report that came out a couple days ago – that this season, the NBA might look at finishing out its season at Disney World. <laughs> what? Did you not see this? ESPN put it out. So I think I did hear about this. I so there has been talks that – first off, Disney has a very, very nice facility in the Disney World World of Sports. Uh, it, I, the Braves do not currently – um, play there anymore for spring training, but that's where they did play for years. And it, it's a beautiful venue for baseball, and it's actually a very solid basketball venue. It's smaller, but that's fine. It's not like they need to let fans in, right? This is True. fan. Even if the state of Florida allows fans to go into events ten feet apart, Adam Silver won't let it happen for the NBA. We know that. Like he doesn't well, even he yeah, he won't he won't. He's been on he's been some one of the most liberal people when it comes to coronavirus safety. There is no way on God's green earth that Adam Silver lets any fan in to finish out this season. It is True. not happening. Yeah. So, holding basketball games in a place like Disney World in the wide world of sports area is a very good idea. They can have multiple games going on at one time. They can house all of the guys on property. Hey, guess who's not on Disneyland pro- or on Disney World property right now? The general public, right? They're not mm-hmm. going to be on Disney World property until most likely the end of the NBA season, or whenever they decide to conclude that. Thereby yeah. making it seem almost perfect in a perfect scenario in one of the darkest times in human history. So there yeah. is a very good chance here in the next couple weeks if not the next week, where we hear that the NBA is going to be moving, get this, every single NBA player and their family to Disney World. I'm going to Disney World. Can you imagine that? This is a, yeah, this could be a real thing. That's crazy. So Steph Curry actually commented on the post and said, do we get free park admission? Ha, 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 with the laughing emojis. So um, – I, here's my thinking. I think there's already a decision made on this, and I think it's already going to happen. Like, I think it's already de- determined. They're probably working out the kinks and the details yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Because that's just, that's not something that just leaks without a plan in place. They someone, someone just doesn't think, oh, Disney's a good idea. Like, that's not the way Disney works. Because guess who owns ESPN and who's one of the biggest ESP – who's one of the biggest NBA media sources? Disney! Disney. So yeah. Disney is in control of all of this. It is. It's basically on Disney for the NBA to finish its season in a somewhat decent manner, like time, well, like timetable. It's the it, it. It feels like this should have happened sooner because it's it, it. It's a lot like the WWE where they, you know, well, we can't continue to go to these stadiums that we booked. We can't run our normal shows. 
we don't, we're not going to have any fans. So let's just go to our small building that we have that we own in our performance center where we can set up a ring and continue to put on shows. Well, and unfortunately, well, you know what? Screw it. Throw, you could throw baseball in there too. I was going to say, yeah. there's not enough space on property, but I am totally not correct about that. There is plenty of space on property for all of Major of League Baseball, too. You just run into the is. issue of when is this all going to be over. But I'm sure we could find a list here, actually, of more than suitable stadiums within a 20-mile radius of the Disneyland res- or Disney World Resort that would be more than suitable to play Major League Baseball games on. Because how yeah. many how many minor or how many um uh spring spring training excuse me how many spring training uh stadiums are in florida in the orlando area plenty plenty there's one in kissimmee that's where the yankees play there's one on disney world property that's where the braves played for over a decade so there is plenty of places for this to happen there's no reason why disney couldn't take on the nba the mlb i mean I don't know what their hockey venue looks like if they've got one, but hell, bring on the NHL because that's <laughs> the WNBA starting up soon as well. That's another yep. thing. So the WNBA season could start at Disney World because if they bring in the NBA, why wouldn't they bring in the WNBA as well? Because if they can keep everybody on property without leaving, because th- the only way this works is if they bring everyone on property, right? They're not allowed to leave. Right. But that means nobody else can get in. Right. Because you your security would have to be nuts. Yeah. With the sheer amount like net worth that would be on that chunk of land, your security would have to be insane, which would be great for employment. Really good for I mean, law enforcement. That'd be fantastic because there'd be a lot of jobs. Um and I'm sure Disneyland, Disney. Excuse, I keep saying Disneyland. I'm sure Disney's Disney World security could easily handle that with their the size and scale of their operation. Most Come on, likely, they could easily handle that. So, if there's hope for fans for baseball and basketball right now, <clears throat> I you gotta be hoping for this. You know, they well, almost could have hosted the Olympics at Disney World. Now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> here's the thing. Okay, as a fan, yes course i want this stuff to come back i'm dying for something to come back but i in baseball you know what baseball could baseball could do whatever they want because there has been studies where it's like two percent uh less like or what's the stat like it you're very much less likely to catch things outside right now and so baseball they're far enough apart you can there, there. There's many ways that baseball is probably one of the safest sports to do right now. Basketball, I'm not quite sure, because and it's the same dilemma that I have with wrestling. We talked about earlier where you know people inside the building. It's probably not a great idea. They're sweating all over each other for ten minutes at a time. I just I. It's morally compromising to watch those kind of shows, and I think it would be the same for basketball, where it's like. Yeah, I get they're all quarantined. I get they're all isolated from everything else. They're all going to be living together anyway. But, like, it still just doesn't seem right. And, well, here's here's where I'll, I'll lighten that moral burden for you a little bit. <laughs> because what they're supplying and what they are actually themselves giving up, because there is a chance that they're going to end up going to, if this does end up happening, their families won't be able to go with them. 
In fact, that, that's actually even more likely than the fact that their families will. Because if Which they, is if they're super gonna, fucked up. Yeah. So I think the main, the, the most likely way, this might be one of their biggest arguing points right now if they really are trying to hash out the details, is if their families can come. Because I know sure as hell Steph isn't going without Riley. That's not happening. So yeah. even even if the parks aren't open, that doesn't matter. That That's just so much time to spend away from a young family. And most NBA players have young families. That's well, just and not especially okay. people, the international people like Giannis live with their entire family. Mm-hmm. Um, like that. And that's just, I don't know. It's weird. Um, but the last thing I do want to mention about this is the draft. They've already pushed back the draft lottery and the combine, obviously. I, there's an increasing belief that uh, it's just a matter of time before the draft actually gets pushed back. I don't see why they would need to do that. I get the combine thing, and but like the NFL just survived through all this and they did a fantastic job with their draft, the way that they put that together. It was very entertaining to see Roger Goodell just sitting on his couch in his pajamas basically. Um, But I I don't know. I, I don't see why they would need to push it back other than the fact of, you know, combine and stuff, but then, you know, we, we don't know when we're going to be able to see that. I can tell you exactly why the NBA should push back their draft. All right. They haven't ended their season yet. How do, how do you know the draft order? That's okay. You know what? Fair point. Didn't, didn't, so, put, didn't think about that because well, and not only that, this isn't baseball. You don't draft players before your season is over. And then they're just sitting there waiting. That's not how that works. You draft a guy, he comes in, like, within the week after he's drafted, normally a couple days, you know, normally within 48 hours, he's in the team facility. That's not well, obviously yeah, going like to be I, how it works. Like I said, the NFL just did this, too. I get the, the we obviously don't have an order. I did not think about that yet. But even then, I have, once we figure out the order, I think it's pretty easy to just fuck the next week after the finals. <laughs> like... Oh, yeah, yeah no, they could – theoretically, as soon as the finals are over, they could just say the next night or, like, let's say they end up doing the playoffs. It's most likely to be in a five-game series. That's been said so many mm-hmm. times now. We are just banking on the fact that the NBA will be playing five, three out of five for final, or for all the playoffs, at if not best two out of three in the first couple rounds. Um, so, I mean – it's just it's a mess right now for basketball um, because of when this happened. You know, if this would have happened at the end of the season like it did for football where they're not in season or baseball hasn't started yet, it makes it so much easier. Oh, yeah. So um, I think another sport, too, that even though it's not a major sport in the U.S., that could definitely take a look at potentially playing maybe in the same vein of the Disney World idea as professional soccer with the MLS. Because their season starts that. around right now, too. Once again, outside sport. Yes, there's some contact. Still, I, I think if you can get enough people together, if like if they're able to keep everyone safe and fed and healthy on the property in the manner that which they need to perform at a high athletic level, there's no reason that this should not happen. Because even if Disney is looking at this from a monetary perspective, they're still providing something that would positively, positively – positivity yeah whatever would positively impact the all of the united states if not the world especially with basketball so all right yeah let's 
let's move on from professional basketball to collegiate uh, sports in general, I guess. Uh, the NCAA, I, you take this because you know a lot more about this than well, I do. Well, so I've actually, this is a big thing for me. Um, my dad was actually a part of this with the, originally with the Ed O'Bannon case uh, against the NCAA for allowing um, what was basically at the time um, Electronic Arts, but also Sega previously and uh, 2K Sports to use college players' likeness to profit um, while college athletes themselves were considered amateurs and could not make a dollar because of the NCAA rules. That has actually changed. There has been a rule in light of some of the things going on with the G League and how the NBA is restructuring its system that has has led the NCAA to believe that it should now be okay for college athletes to profit off of their own image and likeness as long as they themselves, this is this is the important part, they themselves do not use the school logo or name in their own advertisements. Now, you brought up video games when I brought this up. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what this is made for. This rule <laughs> is to allow for the NCAA to have another revenue stream through video games. That's really what it is probably going to end up coming down to. NBA 2K and Madden are two of the top ten selling games Every year, year after year after year, they want to be a part of that market share again because they were at one point. Now that they can spread the wealth a little bit more, they're still going to get their money. They're still going to have their chance. Now they're just realizing it, that it's okay to take back that money and give it to the kids who's been, been working for free for them for a while. You can argue that a college education is worth it, but you got to live while you're in college. So, um, yeah. this obviously this the main two sports that you look at are men's basketball and football. But you know there was a two K baseball game at one point for NCAA or an EA sports game for um, NCAA baseball. You could end up seeing something in the vein of the Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, like that <laughs> compilation type of thing. But it's going to have all of the um, not as major NCAA sports involved. And they could have all of the top athletes from across the country, and it could be updated. I mean, like, as a, yeah, I mean, that's super forward thinking from what's going on yeah. right now. But that's what this opens up right. the door to. And that can actually allow for students, even on a local scale. Like, let's say there's a small restaurant where there's the starting point guard for the women's basketball team is common or is very well known. And even Whitewater, because Division three athletes can also do this. Correct. So uh, let, let's say one of the restaurants downtown, uh, Casual Joe's, I used to work there. Casual Joe's wants to, um, wants to endorse one of the, the baseball players here, one, one of the pitchers. Well, they can do that. They just can't say that he's he, – all they can say is that he's an NCAA athlete. They can't say he's from UW-Whitewater, and they can't, mm-hmm. they can't say that he's a Warhawk, or they can't use the logo. They might be able to say right. Warhawk, like Warhawk I just, pitcher. I think this – and obviously, I brought up video games right away because that's what, you know, NCAA 13, I think, was the last one. That was, like, one of my favorite games. I played the absolute shit out of that on my PlayStation 3. People like, still play that no, game, too. Like, there's still dude, YouTube Big Cat's streaming that. it right now. Yeah. Yeah. That game like, is worth it, some serious money. You know how you know how well that game would do if, it came, if they released a new version of it? Like, it would do incredible. It like, would outsell so, Madden. Yeah. Oh, easily. Good God. Um, yeah. So obviously I'm extremely excited for that. And, and 
uh, basketball game, all that stuff would be amazing. But you know, the, the other thing I started thinking about was like, this just makes too much sense because in the sports world, especially now, marketing is a huge part of being successful. Look at LeBron and look at what he's done with everything. He's got shoes. He's got a, He's had a Nike deal forever. He's got an image. Everyone has their own logo. Now everyone has all this stuff. You can make your own money off of merch. You can sell rights. You can do commercials. The fact that the NCAA athletes basically didn't get a head start on this or couldn't get a head start on this was just ridiculous because now they can start making their own merch. They can have that logo early. You know, it, it just can't have the school stuff on it, which makes a, a, all the sense in the world. But there's ways to work around that. You just have the school colors like in a, in a plain jersey. There's, there's so many ways to do that. And I absolutely love the fact that now, you can, you know, they can, they can get promoted on Instagram because like, like this article I'm reading here, Jake Fromm already has a shit ton of followers on Instagram. And even a men's basketball player from Georgia, who's not even that big of a basketball school, has a shit ton of followers. Like these guys haven't been able to profit off of their success which is just ridiculous to me. And who knows, maybe this helps, especially in basketball, maybe this helps people staying a little longer because they can start making money well, and they he, can continue to hone their craft. I'm so glad you said that because I can promise you, I can promise you because- Zion might have stayed. That is exactly what I was going to say. If yeah. Zion would have stayed at least one more year if he was making money, especially if it was endorsement money. Because exactly. the only reason he left is because Mike Shashevsky told him to. Th- exactly. This wasn't because he was like, oh, no, I, uh, I, I don't want to play in college anymore. I want to go make money. No, 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 no. He wanted to stay. RJ wanted to stay. Cam wanted to stay. Shashevsky kicked them out. You, they need to go yeah. make their dollar before they can't anymore. So that's exactly. what that was. And I don't know if, if that happens. Um, If – college players can get paid for this now my biggest question with this ko which i really want your input on um or at least my biggest concern i'm gonna raise here is now shoe companies and apparel companies what does that do for school sponsorships because if you're an under armor school and your starting point guard is a nike point guard i don't that shouldn't i just as a school maybe as a program maybe you put a kibosh on that maybe you say you know you can't have if we're, you know, like Wisconsin, for example, like Wisconsin is an Under Armour school. So like, let's say this year, if this would have been a thing, Jonathan Taylor was like, hey, guys, Nike came to me with an offer. You're like, sorry, you know, I'm sure that especially like people like Under Armour will start putting that in contracts where like your athletes can't have individual contracts with competition. Probably well, we've seen this issue before with Michael Jordan's son playing at UCF. And they were in Adidas school, and he was trying to wear Nike shoes. And they weren't. Ha- they weren't having which, it. Exactly. Which, and I can see that from both sides. Obviously, he's going to want to wear Jordan apparel. <laughs> like, obviously. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're the if you're Under Armour, Adidas, Nike, paying a school a shit ton of money to be their sponsor, you, I would, com- I completely understand why you wouldn't want them to wear competition gear. So here's how I would. I would say they could maybe potentially aid this this addition to the shoe companies potentially entering the NCAA because that as of right now I do not believe that's part of this. I don't know if that's actually included, 
but it will be at some point or another. We know it. Um, the shoe companies are just inevitably going to have some sort of market share if there's money involved in college basketball because that's the way shoes work. Mm-hmm. Um, and they already do. Uh, you see these guys coming off the circuit right now for AAU. They're playing for a team under a brand, and you, you see them go to the, a school with the exact same brand. You see their high school that they play at change brands to the brand that coincides with the team that they play for over the summer. Diamond Stone is a really good example. I played against him a lot at Dominican in Milwaukee. Uh, they started out as a Nike elite school. They ended up actually switching over to Under Armour by his senior year because the team he played for over the summer was an Under Armour team. He went to Maryland. KO, guess what brand sponsored Maryland? Under Armour. Shocker, right? So this is something that's not new. Um, There's also some whispers going around that the Penny Hardaway, James Wiseman payments might have had Nike involved. Zion Williamson was paid by Adidas, then was potentially even paid by Nike to be at a Nike school in Duke. Like, this is not new. There's a reason why Zion Williamson signed under a Nike brand. He stayed with these guys. So this is definitely something that is going to have to be watched. But what I was going to say before is with the idea of the schools having deals, I think maybe potentially instead of them being team Apparel deals, it could be conference apparel deals, kind of like the way the Nike works with the NBA, where the conferences would have... What I had just... Yeah, go. What I had just thought of was, you know, it actually actually makes those team deals more interesting for those companies, because if you're Under Armour and you have that clause in in your contract with the school now, you just change it and you say, okay... You know, your, your athletes can't sign with any other team. Now you have an edge with that athlete. You can say, hey, you can wait till you go to the NBA to get a shoe deal with Nike. Or we can start paying you now. Or you what if it's the other way around, though? Early. What if it's the other way around? What if what schools it, are like, we don't want you because you've got this stipulation saying you have to be this type of athlete. Because then if the athletes, potential incoming athletes hear about that, they might not go to that school. That could, exactly. There's there, there are some interesting ways around this, and it it will be very it'll it, it'll be fun to watch to see how this kind of because it will evolve into something, and I think it'll work out. Um, it'll obviously benefit the athletes no matter what. Uh, so yeah, I I love this. I, I I can't believe I didn't hear about this. Like I said, I've been extremely busy, but yeah, I I absolutely love that this is a thing. Yeah, and well, and this comes right on the heels too of the G League. Really? So, I've um, have you heard about the G League Elite pro- Team program they're starting? They're most of yeah. So you can mostly. skip college, and they'll put you on this elite team that will have some exhibition games against actual G League teams, and maybe even potentially some other professional teams from around the world. And instead of going to college, you do that, and that's part of, that's televised as well in some capacity. Uh, that's really good for your draft stock. So. It'll be really interesting to see how that works. It's almost kind of like a prep school for the NBA, if you want to think about it that way. Kind of like a junior college right. for the NBA. Um, so I'm really curious to see how that works. But that's part of the reason why the NCAA is doing what they're doing, because they've lost you know, four of their top eight guys that were going to be their top NCAA player moneymakers. And they don't have them anymore because of this. So, yeah, it's a good thing the Truly players are finally ex- getting their money. 
yeah, I think it's truly exciting times for the world of sports. Yeah. The, as far as the future of the sports, I should say. Most definitely. So, yeah, I think that's all the time we have for today. Unless you got anything else you want to add in? No, I'm just telling you, watch out for Trevor Lawrence in New Orleans or in, in New uh, New England, man. It's gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> It, Dude, I've, been call, like, I've been calling this for months. I know, and it just makes <laughs> a, too much sense. Yeah. It makes way it, too much sense. Yeah. Belichick is so much smarter than everyone else. He's, and it's his, it's his ticket to prove that it was him and not Brady. But the problem is you're going to be asking the same question as soon as Trevor Lawrence gets there. Is it Trevor Lawrence or is it Belichick? No. Because they're not because... going to have a winning season this year. They're not doing no, it. but 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 to I think it's going to work out perfectly because I think they're going to have each other, and I because Lawrence is going to come in, he's going to win. You know, maybe Belichick will coach him for like five years, maybe, and then Belichick will retire, and then Lawrence will still have a good career. I think it'll be fine. I think Belichick's going to be like, look, I didn't need Brady. I can win with another quarterback. But this quarterback can also win on his own. I was about like, to say, but when I, that I quarterback be... is literally the second coming of Tom Brady, is, <laughs> like, is that really fair? Good God, I would not cut. He's not the second coming of Tom. He, I don't want he, a quarterback who's the second coming of he, Tom Brady. Well, but, but I mean, from not necessarily Tom Brady. Are they going to draft him in the sixth round? <laughs> I'm not okay. I'm not talking about Tom Brady like specifically in the the way he came. I'm talking about in the potential prominence he could have in football. Like he if. He is definitely in a position, especially if he goes to New England, where he could have a very Tom Brady-like career. He is that good. That is a, he, he, that is a, dis, that's a, dis, it's a discussion we could have on another episode. Yes, for sure. We could do a full episode on this. But anyway, <laughs> uh, follow, us on, follow us on Twitter, uh, at FRKO Podcast, or follow us individually at uh, Olsen2K20, or at Henson McElvain. We're both very funny on Twitter. We're both very good. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, did you like my tweet things. about the over-under on the different names that of Gary on uh... – Yes. I, I, that one was specifically Which... for you. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it uh, because I was at work when I saw the tweet. and I, That was the only thing I saw. I didn't see any spoilers or anything, so I was very excited about that. And they did hit all of the names, which uh-huh. I was very happy about. And um, I wish I would have tweeted that so, like four hours earlier so it could have gone viral or it, whatever, but it, or it could have been trending, but whatever. Next time. Next right. time. That's it. Yeah. Uh, that's all right. But yeah, um, merch on Redbubble. I'm actually wearing my FRKO shirt right now. I love it a lot. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Follow all the music that we have. Oh, we've got some really cool artists. We might have some future projects coming up with music. Hint, hint, wink, wink. So look out for that. But yeah, thank you all for listening and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Got me down in the fifth. Got me drowning in indecisions. Genie, I'm full of wishes. Still can't help with the disposition. I'm just a young college kid with all the privilege. Trust beyond belief, so can trust going through the villages. Keep an image of Priscilla with the J. Dilla Dilla. Need another dollar, dollar in Manila. So vanilla with a swirl, let the blade run. Tongue drip slice down the middle of our nation. Heebie-jeebies, we already had this conversation. Kept me busy since day one. Accusations. Pockets gained a little weight like my ex-bitch. Still the only bricks that I've been stacking been in Tetris. Never measure up because we've been on a different metric. 
And I don't give a fuck about who the next I fill the is. hole in my soul with Palace Supreme logos Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa I just wanna jump from the top and fly solo Fill the hole in my soul with Palace Supreme logos Acid wash jeans, the Vans and the Ralph Polo Burnt like my tongue after sipping some hot cocoa I just wanna jump from the top and fly solo